miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Does your Welcome back, old sports. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the 1920s today. Yes. And it's Kel and Mel. Mm-hmm. I'm Mel. I'm Kel. And that's our brand, Mel and Kel. <laughs> We're cousins. Mm-hmm. We look We're, alike. We do. Last night we were told by people that we look like twins. Mm-hmm. We went to a po- little podcast event. A party. By Glass Box. Not sponsored, but yeah. <laughs> they invited us to a little podcast party and it was cool. It was so cool. We actually met some podcasters that i love we met shannon mcnamara from fluently forward and kelly williams from beyond the blinds i couldn't believe that yeah. oh my god i was really starstruck wow and we talked to them for like 25 minutes yeah, or so yeah. i felt a little bit like f scott Fitzgerald, you know i know and instead was... of books podcasts mm-hmm. at a new york party mm-hmm. open bar <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. so hungover today. That's really fitting for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. In fact, because they're alcoholics. They are. Yeah. They are, they were. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they are not with us. I never know how to talk like in present tense or past tense. You know. Well, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm doing my notes, I write something in present tense, and I'm like, wait a sec. That's yeah. like 100 years ago. Well, so I've <laughs> been, because my dog passed away a couple mm. weeks ago, but I've been seeing this grief counselor. And mm-hmm. she was saying to me that it's really important when you're talking about your lost loved ones to still use the present tense as much oh. as possible. And I guess, like, we these aren't, like, our loved ones, so it doesn't really matter. But, like, you don't want to say, like, oh, I loved my grandmother or something. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you still love your grandmother. That's so you true. You say, like, I love my grandmother, like... You don't want to say, like, oh, she was an amazing person. Because, like, even though she's not physically alive, she still exists in some way. That's nice. So I feel like when you're, like, describing people, permanent characteristics of someone, mm. to still use the present tense. But, like, yeah, it's okay. I feel like maybe we don't need to, like, <laughs> memorialize, like, alcoholism. Like, <laughs> that can maybe be in the past. <laughs> hey, there is more to them than that, though. Yeah. But. No, but like we don't have to say like oh. they are alcoholics <laughs> still. Like, okay, let's let that rest. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we are talking about F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. But her her maiden name was Sayre, so Zelda Sayre. And if you don't know who they are, um, I feel like most people in the English-speaking world know who okay. they are. But yeah, just was- in case, uh, Scott wrote... The Great Gatsby, that's, like, the thing he's most known yeah. for. But he also wrote books like The Side of Paradise and The Beautiful and the Damned and a lot of short stories. He also wrote The Curious Gates of Benjamin Button. Oh, I mm-hmm. didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was oh, a wow. short story. I know. It's just a short story? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, then they made that movie with Brad Pitt. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Go check out our Brad Pitt episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually such a good movie. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's really good. That's you should watch that someday. It does seem like a great story. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, so I have always loved the 1920s so much. Mm-hmm. In fact, Mel and I threw a 1920s 2020 party. Yeah. January 1st, 2020. Well, you know. 
December 31st going into it. Mm-hmm. It was 20s themed. We all dressed up. We rented out a place. Yeah. There was like 100 people there. And we had champagne. Yep. It was the best party I ever threw. Oh my gosh. And like yeah. we were 23, 25 yep. years old. Yep. And we put so much work into it. I know. And we had been talking about it since we were like 13 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it for like 10 and years. And so then we were like, oh gosh, we have to do that. Yeah. Because we said we would always do it when it turned the 20s. Yeah. And it was the highlight of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it just went downhill from there. <laughs> so everyone at the party was like, we're entering our roaring 20s. And yeah. this is going to be a sparkly year. And it was... Yeah, I, I was doing a lot of thinking about decades because I was researching this, and I, we all wanted the 20s to be the 1920s, the roaring 20s. Mm-hmm. And there's still time for things to change, but I feel like it turned out more like the 30s. It did. It <laughs> Not, really we didn't have did. a depression, but just a lot of strife. But and we could. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to say, but I feel like the 10s were more like the 20s, and we didn't know it. That's so true. It's yeah, sad. party rock <laughs> anthem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People wearing neon, dancing, yeah. lots of party songs. Yeah, lots Project of X. Yeah. yeah. And people, that's when the Great Gatsby movie came out. Yeah, the 2010s was actually really... It was really fun. It was really lit, to be honest <laughs> with you. It was. And that's when that phrase was going. It yeah. was, yeah, YOLO. Yeah. It was really fun. Drake. And then, yeah, the 2020s <laughs> have not been fun. No. I, well, I guess like right now. It's, it's turning around it is getting well at least here yeah not ukraine i'm sorry i'm sorry to get depressing no but that that is nice to acknowledge Um, yeah yeah i mean there's always crap going on but yeah i was thinking a lot about that i feel so immersed in this guys Mm. i've been listening to 1920s music i my personality is this episode. I love it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, last I can't night, get out. Last night, Kelly was like, I'm so inspired to just, like, work all day, party all night. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Like, they just lived. It definitely did. Mm. It's hard to fit in time for relaxing, and I don't think that Scott really did that. Yeah. He was very work hard, play yeah. hard. And that took a toll for sure. Yeah, sustainable, yeah. <laughs> but this this couple is is the 1920s, basically. I mean, don't you feel like the Great Gatsby like is the 1920s? It's like the defining thing yes, of yeah. the whole decade. But I'm sure there's like a lot of like vibes that are so counter to the mm-hmm. Great Gatsby. Yeah, you know, like yeah, the more like regular folks or whatever. Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like they didn't even have like they weren't as globalized and stuff so like Mm. everything was in a way very different you know what do you mean like it's like where you were in like one part of the country compared to like oh like new york city or something so different yeah it was more distinct i think but it is surprising when you when you get in the story they traveled so much yeah it's crazy so i i really liked the great gatsby and i've always heard of him and Zelda and you know in Midnight in Paris you see Mm. them in that movie and I was intrigued by them and then when we did the Ben Gibbard and Zoe Deschanel episode Mm. he then talked about reading this book they have right here called Dear Scott Dear Zelda which is all their letters between each other that still survive but back and forth between each other and then I read the book and I loved it and I wish I could just read the whole entire book out loud today but that would take way too long yeah but it's very sweet and yeah um they they were like the it couple in the 1920s I feel like 
a lot of decades have a couple for some reason that defines the decade and this actress named Lillian Gish even said about them said they didn't make the 20s they were the 20s Mm, Mm -hmm. what three (laughs) words would you use to describe this couple I would say well there's a lot I could have said but I say complicated intoxicated Ooh. <laughs> oh intoxicated not yeah. intoxicating and passionate passionate Oof. yeah but it, overall this is a fourth word fourth word but i thought it was like a little too basic but crazy yeah mm-hmm. it's crazy mm-hmm. it's crazy i think I'm this scared is, i feel like i've said this many times but now i think this is the craziest one that i've researched i honestly don't know much i like i know that they're crazy but like i don't know any specifics about their relationship I'll i have tell no you. idea how they met i'll tell you i'm really curious i'll about tell that. you i actually used four books for this wow and yeah i got super into it um because i got a library card and i was like oh my god there's so many books about them and i just like went overboard i read one it's called flappers by judith mackerel i only used the zelda chapters Mm -hmm. it was actually about like six different flapper girls only did the zelda chapters the gatsby affair by kendall taylor dear scott dear zelda as i mentioned which is edited by jackson r Breyer and kathy w barks and then i read a little bit i just kind of skimmed this one called paradise lost by david s brown which is about scott because mm. i felt like there wasn't there was kind of lacking scott in some of the books i read weirdly he just goes by scott mm-hmm. what's his what's the f francis that's his scott first name key fitzgerald oh. so he's related to francis scott key who wrote the star Sting- star spangled banner oh what a and he's named world. after him mm-hmm. oh what's the relationship i wrote it down i think it's it's um it's pretty far back yeah wow very like american yeah like tied to american history <laughs> this family on his father's side it i mean it went back for like his great great yeah great uncle or something but yeah francis scott fitzgerald but he went by scott mm. I wish I could include include every single detail. If you guys are at all interested in this, I really recommend reading more because there's so much more. I can't include Mm. it all. That always happens. And this is going to be a two-parter? Oh, yeah. This is going to be a two-parter because a lot happens and I didn't want to... Skip stuff. Yeah, I didn't want to rush it too much. And I feel like the beginning of their relationship was like so sweet and I didn't want to... I don't know, condense it too much. Uh, yeah, that's the thing with these episodes sometimes. So we are going to sometimes occasionally do yeah. two-part episodes now. But it's like, especially with certain couples, you don't want to skip things and then have someone be like, oh, you didn't include that. Oh, yeah, I know, like, you I know. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Sometimes it's hard to include everything. I know. And there are going to be some things I leave out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I actually read, I'm so glad I read this letters book because... The main book I read was that one by Kendall Taylor. Mm. And, okay, I started reading this letters book. In the introduction, the editors of this book were, like, slamming that one. They're like, that book didn't get it right, blah, blah, blah. The timeline was messed up. Oh, wow. It is weird. Like, I do think, so that one was The Gatsby Affair. For some reason, that book really made it seem like a 
terrible relationship Mm. i thought they both seemed kind of terrible i even was questioning if zelda even liked scott Mm. i googled did zelda even like scott i didn't find any results but yeah it the book really was like definitely on zelda's side yeah which is fine but i think it made it look like they didn't even love each other yeah but then when you read this book and you read all their letters like they clearly loved each other Mm -hmm. so i was like what the heck why I don't know why they wanted to portray it that way. Yeah. Like they didn't really just maybe take a different spin on it. Yeah. 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 So I'm glad I didn't just stop there or else I would have been like pretty negative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm it's glad. It's crazy. There's always so many different ways that you can tell the same story. Yeah. Even yeah. with nonfiction. Yeah. They clearly just wanted to be like Scott was horrible mm-hmm. and Zelda was just trapped in a marriage yeah. and like maybe that felt true sometimes like that's what i had heard myself yeah, yeah but i think it's way more complicated than that that's why i said complicated but oh so when we do get into the letters zelda didn't she was kind of disorganized yeah. and she also was in like many fires throughout her life so she didn't have a lot of her letters so a lot of scott's letters are gone uh, okay but yeah. he kept all of hers so it seems like she wrote to him more often Mm. but it's just because not many of his letters survived yeah that makes sense that's how it is all right well i'm gonna get into it f scott fitzgerald and zelda fitzgerald so starts scott was born september 24th 1896 pretty far back um he's born in saint paul minnesota minnesota yep and you know what's cool his grandfather on his mother's side was from county fermanagh in ireland oh my gosh on his mother's side mm-hmm. his grandmother mm-hmm. so is our i know maternal grandmother and i don't think fermanagh's come up yet on this show no shout out to county fermanagh i know i was so excited to see that and a skillin yep is where our grandmother's from yep i don't know what town but whatever <laughs> <laughs> his parents were mary aka molly and edward and his dad had a wicker furniture business that failed and then he became a salesman and then failed again he kept Uh, just like losing his job but his mom had an inheritance that kind of like kept the middle class so Uh they were okay i think his dad was an alcoholic too Um. sadly um and his parents had two daughters that died before scott was born from an epidemic i know that's awful and um after that scott felt like his mom babied him yeah. and smothered him and spoiled him too much and that that caused him to lack his own courage and stability mm, he really <laughs> put some thought into it. <laughs> i know yeah he definitely did and it seems like later in life as an adult he didn't really spend too much time with his parents yeah just kind of sad did he not have any other siblings Mm -mm. yeah so he was like an only child basically and that's like that's a weird type of grief too it's like yeah to have had siblings that you never met and like you're always kind of like living in like the post yeah loss period for your parents too that's really sad yeah and then zelda was born july 24th 1900 which makes it really easy to keep track of how old he is i love that and so he's four years older i think mm-hmm. um yeah zelda sayre was born in montgomery alabama her father was the associate justice of the alabama supreme court and wow. her mother minnie macon she had five siblings 
older sister. She did have a brother that died at 18 months old oh, and another brother. And she was the youngest kid, the baby. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. both babies. Yep. Yep. But she had a lot of older siblings. Mm-hmm. The Sayers were a southern aristocracy, basically. They were like prominent families. And her dad, you know, he was a justice and he was pretty much a white supremacist. As oh. a judge, he depraved black people and poor mm. white people from voting. Um, but That's bad. I know. That's really bad. <laughs> but luckily, you know, Zelda didn't seem to agree with him Good. and she it, it, <laughs> she enjoyed defying him and called him old dick because his middle name was dickerson um yeah Good. she was always trying to yeah do the opposite of her dad <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know i was like okay yeah. um okay back to scott he grew up catholic and he even considered becoming a priest at one point oh, wow Very i know mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he, he attended newman a catholic boarding school in new jersey but his grades were not that impressive mm. and he was already smoking and drinking at age 15 wow and he became very easily intoxicated, even by one drink. Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was drunk yesterday off of nothing. I um, had two drinks. No, but before oh. then, I oh, had that's a true. Fruity smoothie. Oh, and yeah. I felt drunk. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Although his grades weren't that great, and he was always late to class, he really wanted to go to Princeton. And I guess he met with the Board of Appeals and dressed impeccably. And was very charming, and somehow he got into oh Princeton. Oh, my God. I know. That's like, that's what would happen in a TV show. I know, I know. <laughs> he was very confident that he was going to be a good writer, mm-hmm. and he was. Yeah. He ended up kind of losing his confidence, like, later in life. But I feel like when he was young, he was like, I'm going to be a great novelist. Wow. I know. Yeah. And he, and he did it. Yeah. Oh my god. If you believe it, you can achieve it. Do, do, do. Yeah, so he got into Princeton. He became a student at Princeton in 1913. He wrote for the literary magazine. He got super into literature. Mm. And then in 1915, he fell in love for the first time with Geneva King, a 16-year-old Chicago debutante. She she introduced him to the world of the wealthy, which mm. I feel like he stayed fascinated with for yeah. like forever. Kind of like he's Dan Humphrey and she's Serena or oh, something. Yeah. But then his relationship with her ended a year later, and I know this isn't related, but I thought it was so sad that he asked her for his letters back, and she hadn't kept any of them. And apparently he had saved all of her letters and also had typed them and bound them in a 300-page document. Oh, yeah, you know what? That's sad. Like, that's life, though. Like, you always expect everyone to have the same heart as you, and then they don't, and you're disappointed. That also seems like something I would have I know. Done. I would have done that, too. <laughs> like, make a book of her letters. Oh. oh, I know. And she's like, my letters? Yeah, I don't keep I don't, them. Yeah, I toss those away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, so I feel like he's a big romantic. Mm. Um, he was struggling at Princeton, though, yeah. and he left. America was entering World War One, so he enlisted in the infantry and became a second lieutenant, and he reported to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, and that's when he started working on his first novel, This Side of Paradise. Mm. And he was often writing while he was supposed to be paying attention to lessons about trench warfare (laughs) so then he's he's transferred to like different camps i guess to prepare to go to war and then he was transferred to camp sheridan near montgomery alabama and that's how he met zelda because she was in montgomery alabama wow 
And it's so interesting because that's the same in Great Gatsby. Like Gatsby was stationed, I think Daisy lived in Louisville, Kentucky, but it was like a similar thing. And there was like all these boys in town because they were at the camp. So they first met July 18th at Montgomery Country Club Dance. Scott had pulled strings to get in since he wasn't a member. And I guess everyone at the club was watching Zelda perform Dance of the Hours, some kind of dance. Mm. And Scott wrote how that night she glistened in the evening, comparing her to angels in Italian paintings. Okay, so Zelda was very well known in town. Mm. She was like the town flirt. Yeah. She was the it girl in Montgomery. Mm. Like, I don't know if you had someone like this in your town, but like a girl that dated a lot of guys and everybody wanted her yeah. and she's kind of scandalous yeah. and running around town and yeah that what, was Zelda. What year is this again? This is 1918 at Okay this so point. she's 18 years yeah, old. Yeah she's okay. 18. Um, she's 22. Yep she was very flirty, outgoing, rambunctious, doing crazy stunts. She was like the original flapper girl mm. mm-hmm. and she actually like later in life wrote, wrote some kind of article or something about how like she was a flapper and all these new flappers like (laughs) weren't really flappers like they were just copying yeah yeah (laughs) I didn't realize that flapper like I first of all I didn't know that it meant basically like party girl yeah I didn't really know what it meant I thought it was just like someone with short hair and (laughs) you know wore those dresses but I didn't realize that a flapper was almost like a hippie or a punk Mm -hmm. or a hipster it's like it's not just about the outfit it's also about the lifestyle yeah like a flapper was like a free-spirited woman yeah you know yeah but then I think she was similar to what happened with like hippies and hipsters punks whatever then she saw people dressing that way that weren't really living the life Mm, yeah she's like just copying her yeah they're not really flappers I thought that was funny but um yeah, she was known for saying shocking things. She liked to be really provocative. She had a very, very thick southern accent, too. Mm-hmm. Um, she was wild. She climbed out of bedroom windows and kissed lots of boys. She was indifferent to anyone's opinion. Oh, that sounds so fun. I know. <laughs> Mel, you can be like that if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like it's too late. Like, like yeah, we're kind of too old. Yeah, 26? <laughs> like, why am I climbing out of a window? <laughs> I know, yeah. It's all about like being rebellious. Yeah. Um, but her senior year of high school, she was already showing signs of depression. Um, oh. and that Kendall Taylor, am I getting that right? Taylor Kendall, Taylor Kendall, Kendall Taylor. I don't remember what she, what it is. That book, um, speculated that she had been raped as a teenager. Oh. There isn't, you know, I don't think there's like concrete evidence, but she did write later in life. She wrote some books like she wrote this novel caesar's things it's based on her life and it seems very much about her life and there's a whole part in that seems like implies it doesn't get into graphic Mm. details or anything but implies that the main character was raped so really sad i don't know if that has anything to do with that but yeah maybe anyway so back to the dance where they met after the dance ended scott walked over to her and introduced himself and they started dancing but everyone was trying to dance with her and kept cutting in. So to get her alone, Scott suggested a midnight date. Oh. <laughs> but Zelda said she laughed and said she never made late dates with fast workers. I don't really know what that means. I but. <laughs> um, she, 
apparently had often had multiple dates in one night because she was in such high demand. Oh, wow. I know. I could not handle that. I know. <laughs> and he tried to get her phone number, but when he tried to make plans with her, she was booked for weeks. Mm. So he organized an 18th birthday party for her to get her attention. It's pretty extreme. Yeah. So, okay, at this time, Scott was five foot seven. Oh, wow. Short yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I'm going <laughs> to... This is when I talk about what they look like. He was 5'7". He had a very elegant face, hair parted down the middle. Parted he down. was very... Yeah, very 1920s hair. He's very sure. good looking. <laughs> He's very good looking and intelligent and dressed well, but he didn't have money. I wrote, Catsby. And then he tried to look the part. Mm. Um, she was 5'5", five five, almost eye level with Scott, but yeah. people said she appeared taller. Mm. I guess because she was just really confident. Yeah. She was voted the prettiest and the most energetic girl with the most kissable mouth by Ooh. her classmates. I'm like, what kind of... Most kissable mouth? <laughs> what kind of superlative is that? I it's know. like a whole sentence. <laughs> <laughs> she had honey gold hair and gray green eyes. And I think they were both really good looking. And guys... This applies to all the historic couples we do. I never really noticed this or knew this until like this year that if you're looking at a picture of a historic person and you think like, oh, they look they look so old fashioned or they look so weird. Yeah. Look at their face and try to picture them with modern hair. Yeah. And you will see what they in air quotes really look like. Yeah, that's because so it's true. so weird. Like hair we really attribute with a certain time period kind of freaks me out because i'm like oh my god someday people are gonna look at us now mm-hmm. and see our however we're styling ourselves and be like well they look so old yeah you well, know that's the thing like um with the golden girls oh yeah like, they're the same age as the ladies i think they're actually younger than the ladies on sex in the city yeah like, and, and just like that and so people have put like the sex in the city hair on the golden yeah. girls hair and it's crazy because yeah. it's like our concepts or even like i think they're the same age as like jennifer aniston or something like but that that hair at the time was cool like it's just because people usually keep the same hair forever exactly so like people keep their 80s hair yeah so it's like now that's old lady hair yeah because they kept it or even like our grandparents like the clothes that they wore yeah that we think of as old people clothes like that those were young yeah that was hip yeah which is crazy because it's like our Oh, that's the door. <laughs> I don't know who's ringing the door right now. Um, yeah, so I do think they are very pretty people. Yeah. But it is funny. The, when is the middle part going to come back? I, wonder, I know, for, for, men. for men. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the war actually ended before Scott ever got sent to the front. Nice. Which is, yeah, good. Good, good for him, but he yeah. actually always felt kind of ashamed about it. Yeah. I get still, it. Yeah, yeah, he probably felt bad. Um, so Scott had this ledger he wrote in that I think is kind of like one line a day, like, which Mel and I have both done, where he just mm-hmm. wrote in it, I think like every day, just short updates about his life. Mm-hmm. And on September 7th, which is actually like a bit later than the dance, but he wrote um, that he fell in love with Zelda. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. But then February 1919... Scott left for NYC, <laughs> where he rented a room on Claremont Avenue and started working on his novel and writing advertising copy. So he'd, like, during the day work at this mm. advertising company, and then at night he was working on his novel yeah. pretty much all day. And him and Zelda wrote many, many letters to each other, and they became unofficially engaged. Oh. So they were, like, talking about getting married, but I don't think there was, like, a ring. Wow, 
I'm surprised yet. that like she had dated so many people that like what about him really I know swept her off her feet. I think it was that he did really look the part of like a wealthy guy yeah. and he was very confident that he was going to be mm. the great American novelist yeah. and she believed in him but it wasn't that simple. Because even though they became engaged unofficially and they were writing really romantic letters to each other, she was apparently seeing this guy, John Sellers, again. <laughs> <laughs> a guy she dated in high school. And she was also seeing two football stars. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's very unofficial, this engagement. <laughs> but I don't think... I don't think Scott knew that. Yeah, probably And when you read not. the letters, they're, like, so lovey-dovey. She's it's kind of sad. Her options She's open. She is. You know, when I was doing this research, I was like, man, were we too hard on Phoebe Bridgers? Like, I know. these girls are just having fun. No, honestly, like, <laughs> honestly, that's, like, what guys do all the time. Mm-hmm. They, like, date many different women at yep. once. Yep, yep. And make you think you're, like, the only one. Zelda was totally doing that. Yeah, she was just seeing other guys. But she would, even in the letters, like, she would kind of hint at it. She would always say to Scott, like, oh, I was with the boys, ha, ha. <laughs> it was just fraternal. But I think it was stressing him out. Yeah. Um, the Kendall Taylor book did make it seem like she really didn't care for Scott at all. But if you read the letters, like, it's very, very, very cute. I'm going to read, I'm going to read some. Yeah, I want to hear. I love the letters. I loved that in the Einstein episode. That was, like, the cutest thing ever. Okay, page 13. It's so cute when you think about, like, you know, that we text now that, like, we really have just been writing to each other. I know. For all these years. I know. Like, especially when people are like, oh, like, texting. But it's like, texting is just, like, an updated version of writing someone a letter. Text can be very beautiful and sweet and poetic. Just depends who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so this is from Zelda to Scott, March 1919. She said, <clears throat> Darling, I've nearly sat it off in the strand today, and all because W.E. Lawrence of the movies is your physical counterpart. So I was informed by half a dozen girls before I could slam on a hat and see for myself. He made me so homesick. I thought at first waiting must grow easier later, but every day I want you more. All these soft, warm nights going to waste when I ought to be lying in your arms under the moon, the dearest arms in all the world. Darling arms that I love so to feel around me. How much longer before they'll be there to stay? Where do I get home again? You'll certainly have a most awful time ever moving me one inch from you. Blah, blah, blah. An old flame from the Stone Ages is calling tonight. He'll probably leave in disgust because I just want to talk about you. Mm. I love you so, and I'm so lonesome. Well, first, that's interesting. She, like, brings up an old flame. Oh, but I'll probably be talking about you the whole time. (laughs) And then she says, Oh, lover, lover, you are mine. And before long, I'll be coming to you because you are my darling husband and I am your wife. Whoa. I know. That's very serious. I know. You would think. But it's like, is this how she's talking to everybody? I don't (laughs) know if I can really trust her. Maybe. I know. Well, yep. Mm. Okay, then like a, I think maybe like a week or two later, there was another cute one. She said, sweetheart, please, please don't be so depressed. We'll be married soon, and then these lonesome nights will be forever over. And until we are, I am loving, loving every tiny minute of the day and night. Maybe you won't understand this, but sometimes when I miss you most, it's hardest to write, and you can always know when I make myself just the ache of it all. I can't tell you. If we were together, you'd feel how strong it is. 
You're so sweet when you're melancholy. I love your sad tenderness. When I've hurt you, that's one of the reasons I could never be sorry for our quarrels. And they bothered you so. Those dear, dear little fusses when I'm always, I'm always, wait, (laughs) when I always tried so hard to make you kiss and forget. Scott, there's nothing in all the world I want but you and your precious love. All those material things are nothing. I just hate to live a sordid, colorful existence because you'd soon love me less and less and I'd want to do anything, anything to keep your heart from my own. I don't want to live. I want to love first and live incidentally. Why don't you feel that I'm waiting? I'll come to you, lover, when you're ready. Don't, don't ever think of the things you can't give me. You've trusted me with the dearest heart of all and it's so damn much more than anybody else in all the world has ever had. That's funny. I, I... When I miss you most, I can't write you. <laughs> I know. I don't know if I believe That's that. That's a good way to be like, when I'm not giving you any attention, yeah. it's because I really like I know, you. I know. <laughs> she, in one letter, said something about, like, it's hard to write. She was basically saying, like, it's hard to do this. It's hard to do long distance. It's, mm. it's hard to be always writing about what I'm up to. And I thought it was yeah. funny because I feel like people still say that today, like with texting or whatever. Yeah. Like, I can't. I mean, some people love. I mean, it's never really been much of a problem for me. But I know, like, I have some friends that don't enjoy, like, updating someone about their life or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She said something like that. She's a sneaky little one. Oh, I'm going to read a little thing from Scott, too. Oh, yeah, it would be nice to hear that. Let's hear from him. Wait, I need some wine. He must have written something kind of melancholy or whatever for her to be like, oh, like, I'm sad that you're, don't, like, don't be so depressed Yeah, or yeah, yeah, he must have. It's funny, she said she loves his melancholy. I know, like, I love to make you sad because I love when you're in a sad mood because I love to comfort you. <laughs> Kind of a red flag. Yeah. Okay, so this is March 24th, 1919. And she put it in her scrapbook, actually. Oh, nice. Um, It's very short. He wrote, Darling, I'm sending this just the way it came. I hope it fits, and I wish I was there to put it on to put it on. I love you so much, much, much that it just hurts every minute I'm without you. Do write every day because I love your letters so. Goodbye, my own wife. What did he send her? Um, an engagement <gasps> ring. He sent it in in the mail? Yeah. That's really risky. I know. I wonder how much it costs. I don't know. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, he sent a lot of valuable things over the mail, actually. It's a lot of trust (laughs) in the postal service. I know. And then April 1919, she ended her letter. Old death is so beautiful, so beautiful. We will die together, I know. Oh, wow. That is really beautiful but <laughs> cryptic yeah it is, it is. it's kind of interesting how long distance this is like, i know they really aren't in person yeah i know she's in alabama up. he's yeah. in new york it's they must crazy. have really made an impression on each other i know yeah they say a lot of things like sweetheart sweetheart i love you so mm. you know a lot of stuff like that did they do phone calls with each other too they did and they also did telegrams sometimes mm. um just short things a lot of him being like I'm sending this in the mail or like, I don't know. Yeah. I think they did talk on the phone occasionally, but mostly letters. Mm -hmm. Spring 1919, Scott visited Montgomery in April, May, and June. So he went back and forth three times. I know. Zelda was still hanging out with a lot of boys and mentioned them a lot in her letters to Scott. And she was apparently 
apparently I, I don't know when she said this she might have said this later in life because i think at this time she was still kind of like pretending to be a virgin but um, um <laughs> she said that she could sleep with others and it wouldn't affect her or make her unfaithful to him and also said that she had kissed thousands of men and kiss intended to kiss thousands more oh that's her <laughs> i don't know like i don't I know think that she gets to decide that I that know. makes her faithful or not faithful that's funny though <laughs> scott liked her being universally admired mm. but it made him jealous too yeah it seems like he likes a challenge yeah he mm. loves that for sure um he liked her independence but he was always a lot more like conservative in a way like he wasn't he wasn't a very sexual guy i guess oh, okay yeah yeah <laughs> i mean yeah like he i feel like you're talking about <laughs> this poor man but yeah he, he obviously had sex but he wasn't, he wasn't like slutty yeah he wasn't like and he wasn't as showy about things. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, he wasn't promiscuous. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, remember, he almost became a priest. Yeah. So he was like, <laughs> I might be okay living without yeah. sex. Yeah. Um, when he visited her, they would go to the movies and amusement arcade and strolls in the moonlight. And apparently they'd carve their names into a doorpost and Scott did his name much larger than hers. <laughs> yeah so like right at this point i'm getting the vibe that he like cares more yeah that's what i'm picking up <laughs> um he didn't really have any money and he couldn't compare to the wealthier men that were pursuing mm. her so he was feeling really threatened by that and he kept insisting that he was going to become a successful novelist yeah. um may 1919 i thought it was funny she wrote to him that mrs francesca i don't know who that is but got a message from the ouija board that her and scott were soulmates oh mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't know people did the ouija board back then um, that's cute i know <laughs> but a month later oh. that pesky zelda she accidentally sent scott a letter that was meant for another <gasps> guy no and what did she I say know. apparently so i guess a guy gave her a pin or something mm-hmm. i think he was an athlete and mm-hmm. you know it was a thing people did like yeah. where my pin and I think she was, I think she was declining it, but she was being really flirty and sweet and stuff mm, in it. That must be tough to see. Yeah, and Scott was very upset. He told yeah. her not to write to him again, <gasps> but Zelda did write to him yeah. and said that she was sorry. Aww. So then Scott made a frantic trip to Montgomery oh to repair the relationship and begged her to marry him, <gasps> but she refused. What? <laughs> And ended the engagement. What? But she's sorry. I guess. Yeah, but she doesn't want to be held back. I know. It's almost like she maybe didn't really mean it when she's like, I'm sorry. I know. (laughs) I feel like she just like wanted to keep him like in her orbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Keep him hanging on. It's crazy though that that book, the Kendall Taylor book left this whole thing out. Yeah, yeah, that they really left makes, it out. It really makes her seem like the upper hand here. I know. They just said that she ended the engagement. They didn't explain any of this. That's crazy. I know. Have you guys ever sent like a romantic or flirty text to the wrong person? Like another, do you have two love interests at once? That's crazy. Have you? No, I haven't. Oh. <laughs> I know, I was making like a guilty face. Yeah. I just can't imagine. I feel like I would die. I didn't, but I've received one. <gasps> meant for the wrong Really? Mm-hmm. Did I know that? I don't think so. <gasps> this was my sophomore year. This guy who I was 
very wait last month you received something my sophomore year oh why did i think you said last month no oh <laughs> i said sophomore year oh i a guy who i was talking to had really strong feelings for and like he liked me but like we were just friends and he just sent me a text that was like you're so cute oh my god and then like I was like, oh my god! And then five minutes later, he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was for someone. <gasps> That's insane. I think I cried. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is bad. Mm-hmm. Gotta, you gotta keep that straight if you're gonna be doing that. Yeah. Scott told his friend Edmund went by the nickname Bunny, oh. which is in the book secret history i feel like she must have gotten it from that Mm. i don't know maybe that is a common nickname for edmund but anyway his friend bunny wilson why why would bunny be a nickname for edmund (laughs) i don't know i don't know um he told him that he wouldn't care if zelda died but couldn't bear to have her marry another (laughs) scott said that that's pretty bad i know i know but you know what though like I've heard that's a thing, like, because with death, there's not a rejection. Mm. And he felt very rejected by mm-hmm. her. I bet he didn't mean it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is it is really that's horrible. <laughs> but he wrote to another friend, no personality as strong as Zelda's could go without getting criticism. I've always known that any girl who gets stewed in public, meaning like drunk, who frankly enjoys and tells shocking stories, who smokes constantly and makes the remarks that she has kissed thousands of men and intends to kiss thousands mm-hmm. more, cannot be considered beyond reproach. But I fell in love with her courage, her sincerity, and her flaming self-respect. I love her, and that's the beginning and end of everything. Aww. I've heard that quote before. Um, You're still a Catholic, but Zelda's the only god I have left now. Um. Very intense like twilight level yeah, intense. It is. <laughs> you are my life yeah. <laughs> um yeah scott was working on his novel all the time and then he quit his job so this is august 1919 mm. to move back to his parents house in saint paul to complete his novel um which is this side of paradise mm-hmm. and in the novel he weaves a lot of zelda's letters and her diary pages i guess that she let him read he puts like a lot of zelda into the book september 1919 this side of paradise was accepted by scribners and then him and zelda became engaged again oh because he had a book deal that's not that's yeah i mean i don't know i guess at this time period women really did kind of rely on their husband's money but it does kind of upset me that she seemingly only got back together with him once he got money Mm -hmm. it reminds me of gatsby he's fine with that he's fine yeah he's fine with it he wanted that i feel like part of the reason he even worked this hard was to like get zelda yeah yeah he Mm -hmm. knew the reality of the situation it's so interesting though because in the great gatsby it's like he must have this sense of an awareness that like zelda is only with him for superficial reasons in a way or not only with him but yeah that, that she's mm-hmm. much more infatuated with that then yeah it's so interesting because i remember way later in their life in some letter he expressed like some frustration about the fact that like the men have to do the work and yeah. she just gets his money even though she felt trapped by the situation too like she yeah. wanted she wanted to be free. Like, I think she would have liked to do her own thing. But it's interesting that, in a way, the kind of 
I know it sounds so cliche, but like patriarchal system, like he felt kind of trapped in it too. Yeah, like he yeah. had to like, at this point it's all like fun and good, but like later in life they have a lot of money troubles and he's like trying to work his butt off to make money and he's like, you just use my money. I could see, oh. no, I could see the patriarchal yeah. system sucking for men too because it's yeah. like, ugh, you have to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to do You have to work. Like that yeah. sucks. Yeah. Like, and all he was really good at was writing. I mean, he was always thinking like, okay, you could get a job at like a store or something. Yeah. Scott, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, so This Side of Paradise is published and it's an overnight bestseller. And it was apparently, like, of its time, the mm. first to portray, like, a complex modern heroine. And it because it so accurate, accurately depicted the way young people behave, people thought of Scott as kind of an expert on dating and flappers. And mm. he was asked to lecture about flappers. And oh, wow. <laughs> he had a lot of young women fans. It's. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I know he was a really good writer, but mm-hmm. it seems, like, very lucky that it became a success. Like, I know just being a good writer doesn't mean that something will be yeah. widely known about so that's cool i know i think that it is pretty admirable that he was able to write about the time like while it was happening yeah, i think i think that's, that's really hard. hard yeah i because I, I like to write too and i never really feel inclined to talk about like right now yeah you know what i mean you have to have like a sense of like removal from it to yeah be able to know like what is so special about it yeah totally and he also had a story in the saturday evening post published called head and shoulders and then he sold movie rights to it to MGM. So he all of a sudden got like a bunch of money. Yeah. And to celebrate, he went to Cartier and bought a platinum and diamond watch, had it engraved from Scott to Zelda and mailed it to her. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. He's and really- it was like $600 or something, which mm-hmm. is insane for back then. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money now. Yeah. Yeah. For a watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was probably, like, worth thousands of dollars today. In the mail. I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess he... I don't trust the mail. Wait, why is Zelda not living with him, though? What is he's, she... Yeah, she's still in Montgomery. Okay. Yeah. Um, What's keeping her there if they're engaged? Well, kind of just taking that next step, I guess. I don't think they yeah. could, like, live together until they were actually married. Oh, okay, and I don't yeah. think he had, like, actually asked her dad for permission oh, yet or okay, anything. Yeah. Um. He took two trips to Montgomery to see her, and apparently they resumed their sexual relations. Oh. How do we know that? <laughs> Maybe from his ledger? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess her period. <laughs> I feel so creepy knowing uh-huh. that. I'm sorry, Zelda and Scott in the grave. Um, Apparently her period was late, oh, no. and he sent her some abortion pills. <gasps> But she refused to take them. Oh, my God. But she must not have been pregnant because nothing happened. Yeah. Um, Zelda's family didn't approve of Scott for her. And her mom would actually always give her newspaper clippings about failed writers and stuff. They didn't want her to be with him. But after his book showed up in a bookstore in Montgomery, two days later, their engagement was announced in the paper. And Zelda Mm. traveled up to New York to be with him. Yeah. And I guess the news shocked a lot of people in town, and two guys thought they were going to marry Zelda, so. Oh, I bet. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were like, what? <gasps> I thought I was going to marry I know. That's suck. I know. Yeah, see, like, we think Scott's, like, the main character in this story. We're like, yeah, oh, good for him. Yeah, somebody else is like, that's, like, kind of traumatizing. I know. At this point in her life, Zelda was pretty proud to say she didn't really have any ambitions mm. she just wanted to have fun and she was kind of happy to just I like assume scott's identity in a yeah. way like she was just happy to be 
his wife um she was a smart girl but like she she didn't really have any goals or anything yeah um yeah sometimes goals are exhausting (laughs) (laughs) i know january 17th 1920 this is when prohibition started oh yes Mm -hmm. so now alcohol was illegal and everyone was underage and i didn't really put it together like this until doing the research but it formed i mean yeah we all know this but like it formed such a culture around alcohol it's kind of like in high school mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys are like this but like there was a culture around drinking like meeting up with people in the hallway like oh you want to drink like where can we get alcohol yeah. like, we can go to this person's basement or have a sleepover this weekend you know like a lifestyle built around alcohol. finding alcohol yeah and it, like it was you drank what you could get. Yeah. Like you, and, you, and when you got it, you drank a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Because you, know? you couldn't have it. And it was like, you didn't you didn't drink like good drinks. Like yeah, you yeah, drank yeah. like pretty much like straight up like. Yep. I don't know. And it was the same for Prohibition era. Because um, people were drinking bootleg liquor that people mm-hmm. made in their bathtubs or whatever. And a lot of it tasted really badly and that's actually why people started getting really creative with cocktails to like cover up the taste oh wow which is cool but yeah they were going to speakeasies like literally what you think in the movies it was real like Mm -hmm. when the cops come in they would like pull a lever and the shelves would flip over yeah the bottles would like go down a chute like it's Mm. so cool i went to this like speakeasy about a month ago that was really cool yeah in new york they are um, cool. where you like walk into a phone booth oh yeah and then like say like oh like we're coming in the hot dog <laughs> place or something yeah Ugh. the 1920s were just so cool and like women started um carrying flasks like under their skirts and people just you know wanting to party more mm, than ever it yeah. totally backfired totally backfired on the american people so yeah zelda and scott were already into drinking but now they started drinking a lot you know and i guess so maybe she hadn't left for new york yet in february 1920 she wrote a letter to him and said i just thought it was poetic and cute she wrote you're a necessity and a luxury and a darling precious lover and you're going to be a husband to your wife oh that's cute so then April 3rd, 1920, they finally got married in St. Patrick's Cathedral. Oh, wow. We went there, Mel, mm-hmm. in New York. Wow, that's like, did they have to pay for that? That's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. But it was actually very small. Only like her sisters and his friends were there. Oh, wow. And his, her sisters actually felt like Scott didn't do a good job planning it. They, they didn't have like a luncheon after or anything. Oh, and I guess they always resented him for that after um after their wedding and the book's success the fitzgeralds became celebrities and manhattan's most sought after couple ever they were invited to every chic party they were getting up to crazy things they were dancing on tables one time scott rode on a taxi's roof while zelda was perched on the hood they were jumping into city fountains oh yeah zelda stripped down naked and oh ran god. down the street and jumped into a fountain. Oh my god! With Scott, Ew, it's probably so dirty. <laughs> with Scott and his friend following, and after they jumped in, they were confronted by the police. Oh my god! And apparently, she also disrobed in Grand Central Station <gasps> on oh. her way to meet her friend George. Who's George? And okay, <laughs> apparently, four months into marriage, Zelda had an affair with this literary critic George. Oh my god! Gene Nathan. I know. 
What the fuck? Well, why did she strip down in the <laughs> Central Station? I don't know. <laughs> the confidence. They didn't have cameras. Oh, my God. They didn't God. have security cameras. Yeah. They were so famous, like, such an it couple that there was a tabloid writer at Hearst that was assigned to cover just Scott and Zelda. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's prohibition. People are partying more than ever. They were drinking pretty much every day. I mean, he was still writing every day, too, but I guess, like, then at night, he'd be drinking and... Her favorite cocktail, I kind of want to make this next time, was called the Orange Blossom. It's just basically orange, sweetened orange juice and gin. Ooh. <laughs> she drank orange blossoms, like, every day. So then, you know, they're having fun in Manhattan, but then they went to Westport, Long Island that summer, so Scott could, like, focus more on his writing and mm-hmm. get away from all the partying. But the partying kind of followed them. People just came to their house Zelda was apparently openly flirting with that guy, George. And to get back at her, Scott flirted with several several other women. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then they went back to the city, and Scott was working on his novel every day, and he was busy. So Zelda just kind of went out and flirted with all his friends. And in his diary, Scott's friend Alex said she tried to kiss him. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> I don't know, like... I, I don't think they had an understanding. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think he was okay with it, but in a way, he kind of, he knew. And I think yeah. he used it, like, as inspiration for his books. Yeah. But. I feel like he likes the challenge of it. Yeah. But yeah. I would imagine it's hard for her if she, like, always had just so much attention from guys, like, left and right her <laughs> whole life. To then be married, it's like, how do you turn that off? Yeah. Yeah. I know. <sighs> So that book, his book that came out, The Side of Paradise, mm-hmm. they were actually offered to play the main characters oh. in the movie version. Wow. But Scott decided no because he thought it might damage his writing com- career and confuse readers, mm. which I get. Yeah, that why would, would he weird. be an actor? <laughs> I know, like, I don't think he was an actor. Yeah. Um, and Zelda was very disappointed and thought it was an opportunity being snatched away from her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could see that leading to trouble. Yeah. Um, then August 1920, just, just for context, women finally get the right to vote. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that wasn't a thing yet. March 1921, Zelda actually became pregnant. Ten months into their marriage. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Definitely with his child? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't know if she was, like, actually sleeping with Mm -hmm. anyone or if she was just kissing guys. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely their child. They then, at this point, traveled to England, France, and Italy. Oh, wow. And I learned at this time that people, I didn't know this, that people would leave their address with American Express so people could locate each other abroad. I didn't know that. I don't know if it was like an international phone book type of thing. Oh, wow, interesting. Yeah, never heard of that, so that's cool. Um, But then, yeah, they went to Europe, but then came back, and then they went to St. Paul, where he's from, and on October 26th, their daughter, Frances Scott Key Fitzgerald, is born. Frances, like the girl version, Frances with an E, you know? Mm, yeah. But she basically has the same exact name oh, as yeah. Scott. Frances Scott Key Fitzgerald, and her nickname is Scotty. Oh, cute. I.E., yeah. And crazy enough, this was the first time Zelda met Scott's parents oh, when oh. they went there. Wow. She's pregnant. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't go to the... I know, yeah. Wedding. They didn't go to the wedding. When Zelda was in labor for a long time, I guess, and Scott said that he would kill himself if she died. Mm. Very mm. twilight. Yeah, very mm. twilight. <laughs> <laughs> when 
When Scotty was born, I guess Zelda was still really loopy because she had like anesthesia. She said, I hope it's I hope it's beautiful and a fool, a beautiful little fool. Oh, so that's... And he used that in Great Gatsby. Ah, interesting. Yep. So then November to June 1922, that's seven months, they rented a house and lived in St. Paul. And not that long after Scotty was born, like a couple months later, she became pregnant again. But she didn't feel ready to have another baby. Mm. So she took abortion pills. Wow. And Scott wrote in his ledger... His son went down the toilet of the XXX hotel after doc- Dr. X pills. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that those pills were, like, accessible back then. I know, apparently. Yeah, so it seems like he was kind of ashamed about it. Like, he, did, he censored it in his own mm. private diary. Kind of sad, but I don't know. I don't know how he felt about it. March 1922, Scott's second novel, The Beautiful and the Damned, was published. And in the first edition, to, he wrote, in it he dedicated it to zelda he said for my darling wife my dearest sweetest baboo without whose love and aid neither this book or any other would ever have been possible from me who loves her more than who loves her more every day with a heart full of worship for her lovely self scott and i guess that like first copy he put a lock of her hair in a blue ribbon and was pressed inside the cover and i guess it's still there to this day wow mm-hmm once again, they were asked to play the main characters in a movie version, but Scott declined. Uh-huh. And once again, that very much upset mm. Zelda. And when they oh. went to see the movie, she was pissed and <laughs> said loudly in the theater that it was like criticizing the performance. And Scott also said he thought it was the worst movie he ever saw. Oh. <laughs> I know. Yeah, not not happy with the movie version. Um at first, Zelda had encouraged Scott to use her journals and things she said for inspiration in his writing, but now she was getting kind of sick of it. Mm. Didn't like that he was using so much of her for inspiration. That's sweet that he is, though. Yeah, I know. But I think this is when this is when she starts to be like, I want to make things. I want to do things. Yeah. Like she wasn't. She didn't want to be um, doing nothing anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's sad that she wanted to act in the films. And, I know. Yeah. I, I don't even know if she want to. like was she a good actor yeah. like i don't think that they necessarily would have been able to do that yeah october 1922 they returned east to new york and they rented a house on long island so scott could focus on writing um so while they were living on long island scott later said that this time was full of failure and miseries drinking and debt People came to their house all the time to party, and I guess next door was a bootlegger who lived like a millionaire, which is so Gatsby. I know. Um, They were drinking a lot. I guess one night Scott spent $43 alone on alcohol, which is like $500 today. Oh my god. I know. Zelda became so intoxicated one night that she drove their Rolls Royce off the (gasps) pier into the Great Neck Bay, but luckily the tide was out. Okay. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They were not good at, I think, like, because of, of the success, like, he had uh, his first book, and then the short story, yeah. and then the movie rights, like, they had a lot of money at first, and they got used to spending it, and now they didn't have as much money, but were still kind of living lavishly yeah. when they didn't have that much money, so they were really just blowing all their money. And I guess Scott would get really obnoxious when he was drunk. One time he chewed a wad of twenty dollar bills and started mm. proclaiming i'm an alcoholic oh my god <laughs> I know. Ew, those bills are like 
You don't know where those have been. I know. And I guess Zelda's Zelda's sister and husband came to visit once for lunch, but when they arrived, Scott and Zelda were still in bed with hangovers. Mm. They thought that was so rude. They're so well, Who's upset. taking care of the baby? They have, like, a nanny. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I think that they did really love Scotty, and they did spend time with her, but they were still up to their partying yeah. and stuff. Um. I know. But people, even though, like, they're getting pretty messy now, people still thought that they appeared to be the perfect couple. yeah. The editor of The Dial, Gilbert Seld, said that when he saw Zelda and Scott, it was like seeing two of the most beautiful people in the world floating toward me, smiling. People said they saw them often locked in their own world, talking, drinking, kissing, sometimes falling asleep in each other's arms. Very cute. Zelda started writing short stories and having them published too, but was encouraged to put Scott's name on the byline for more money, and sometimes it was mm. just Scott's name. Oh, that's I know, awful. Just pretty upsetting. Yeah, so it would be like Zelda and F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah, and then it yeah. makes it seem like he like helps her. Yeah, yeah. I know, kind of sucked. But they were like, "Well, you'll make more money if it says F. Scott Fitzgerald." Yeah, exactly. That's sad. Um. 1924, they set sail for France, where it was much cheaper to live because the exchange rate was way better for the dollar's favor, mm. and there they would feel more rich and free, I yeah. guess. Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris, yep. But then, yeah, they went to Paris, then they moved down to the French Riviera, and this is June 1924. Zelda began an affair with a French pilot named Edward Jozen. And this is when Scott was writing The Great Gatsby. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I could see for him, like, with The Great Gatsby, like, that really is, like, drawing on inspiration from his own relationship with her, like, feeling like he's just kind of not good enough. Yeah. Yeah, true. I'm going to pull out a little more. Very, in like... <laughs> in theme with the episode drinking drinking i cannot drink that much though i'll get song over tonight or in general in general like my body just like doesn't respond well Mm -hmm. i feel like scott it was often said that he would have like one drink and then become so drunk but then Mm. it seems like later in life i don't know if his tolerance went up or something but he was drinking more but yeah, it seems like he actually was one of those people that for some reason his body just like didn't process alcohol I that think, much. I could drink like every single day and my tolerance would not go up. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think when you get older, it starts to not work. Go down, well. yeah. <laughs> my bilirubin in my liver is always elevated. Your what? My bilirubin. I don't even know what that it's is. An enzyme in your liver. <gasps> it's always, whenever I get like a blood workup at the doctor's, it's always elevated. Do they tell you that or do you just like look at the... They tell me that, but they're like, oh, some people are just like that. But Hmm. I'm like, is that why I don't really process alcohol that well? Because my liver is not that like... I don't even know what that does. I don't know. Sometimes if you're a doctor, we're so lucky to have you on this earth. I love you. Do we have a doctor Thank you. I know, a doctor. Wow. (laughs) Well, I think that they're just so busy. I get it. But but sometimes I'm like, I feel like doctors are not concerned about things. Yeah. That are going on. I've told you this story yeah. before, though. Like my legs were going numb all the time, and no one was taking it seriously. Yeah, 
Uh, I kind of just had to look into it myself, and the lady at the health food store helped me. Oh, my God. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, uh, hello, my legs are like going completely yeah, numb. Yeah, and that could be a sign of something really bad. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, It's because there's so many patients. Yeah. That they're just like, they just want to like get you in and get you out of there. Mm-hmm. And then you like read your chart after, and you're like, what? Why does it say like? Yeah. I don't know. I know. Something concerning. Like, oh, that happens. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Zelda was having, I didn't include it because I didn't think I had time, but she was having a lot of issues. I think she was having like abdominal pain. Mm. She was ill a lot when they were in Europe. I think she ended up getting like her appendix out or something, but oh. I don't get how, it seems like it was going on, going on for months though. Oh, really? I thought that was like an emergency. Yeah, it thing. is an emergency <laughs> situation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so they're in the French Riviera. Scott is too busy to hang out with her. He's working on The Great Gatsby. And they started making all these friends. They were really good at making friends. They are making mm, these friends in yeah. France and hanging out with people. But she started having an affair with this French pilot named Edward. Edward. Ed- E-D-U-O-A-R-D. So, like, the French mm-hmm. spelling. Um, and the book, that book I read called The Gatsby Affair by Kendall Taylor was so focused on this affair it was like mm. i do think it was a huge part of their lives yeah. but she kind of made him be like a third character in the whole story oh wow and i, I skipped some of it because there would be like a whole chapter just about edward and like yeah. his childhood and like okay this is not relevant yeah. but she really thought it was like a huge huge deal in zelda's life how long did it last for uh, only like about a month oh it's not yeah long. yeah i know and like even you know later in their life when they're older the book would tell you like what edward was up to mm-hmm. yeah. oh seems mm-hmm. like she kind of i mean i do think it was a big deal in zelda's life mm-hmm. but i i'm sorry kendall taylor for listening but i feel like she just kind of came up with like this thesis like yeah zelda was in love with him it's impossible and... to know <laughs> people's feelings yeah yeah but I don't know. Did they write letters to each other after it ended or? Mm-mm. Oh. They never spoke again. Yeah, so, and did she like write in a journal about it? Like there's no way to know that it was. Yeah. Well, so she wrote, Zelda wrote two novels, um, one called Save Me the Waltz and one called Caesar's Things. Mm. And they both, I think both of them had, correct me if I'm wrong people, but both of them had a part about having like an affair with a pilot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was obviously like a big deal in her life story but yeah during the summer that summer scott was convinced that having sex would just decrease his creativity so he was practicing abstinence interesting Hmm. which probably didn't fly over well with zelda (laughs) who was clearly into sex yeah i think she's got needs i've heard of people doing stuff like that have you yeah i have yeah Yeah. to to concentrate i feel like it would make you more distracted though (laughs) i know some people think that they need to channel that energy like yeah into into whatever whatever i think that'd take a lot of self-control though i had a friend who believed that that would affect his athletic abilities. I think I know. Who I'm talking about? No. (laughs) He's not my friend. I don't get it. It was... Oh. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 
he told he, everybody that <laughs> <laughs> maybe it just spread but yeah should i keep this in <laughs> <laughs> yeah keep it in they don't know who we're talking yeah. about wow i know that's a lot of self-control i know i wonder if that's just an excuse maybe maybe there's also like a little bit of fear just in general mm. but i don't know i wonder if scott was kind of making an excuse or if it yes. was 100 percent honest I, I wonder if he was like a little not less attracted to, to zelda but like didn't maybe. want didn't want to sleep with her after her affair maybe and so well at this point he doesn't know about oh, the pilot okay. but yeah. he did know about i think like the other flirtations mm-hmm. and stuff um george yeah so zelda while he's being abstinent zelda became began a whirlwind affair with edward and um as i said the, that book i read dedicated a huge amount of it to him and edward actually spoke very little english and Zelda was only, like, proficient in French, but they were very attracted to each other. Mm. He spent a lot of time at the beach where Scott didn't really go because he was ashamed of his feet. Oh, okay. <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently until he was 12 years old, he never showed anybody his feet. What's wrong with them? Well, I guess, I don't know if it was both of them or just one, but his toes kind of, like, crisscrossed over each other, and he was very ashamed of that, and he always wore socks. Oh. And never took his socks I off. I bet someone said something to him one time. Yeah, and maybe. Stuck with him. I am not somebody who gets like really grossed out about feet. To be honest with you, some people like really are like feet. Ew, like, <laughs> I'm not. I don't. Yeah, love yeah. Feet. Me, I'm same. I don't love feet, but like I don't hate them either. Me, like same. I, I'm yeah. never like feet. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people really do get like yeah. disgusted by weird feet. Not. I don't care. Yeah, I don't love them, but same they don't they repulse don't, me no. either mm-hmm. like because it's like i see feet every single day <laughs> my own feet so it's like not crazy to see another pair of feet what about sorry listeners what about someone's feet that i really not cared for though like really really wonky gross toenails you know what like, I mean? if they smelled i think that would <laughs> but like other than that like i don't know i just okay yeah the human body in general doesn't really gross me out too much that's good you know yeah that's healthy yeah it's sad scott obviously had a lot of shame mm. about his feet so he didn't really go to the beach because he didn't like to take his shoes off scott on july 13th 1924 scott learned about the affair how i'm not really sure i don't know if anybody really knows but somehow he learned about it mm. um and in the ledger he well actually maybe this is how he heard about it (laughs) my next bullet point Um, (laughs) no one knows wait a second um in the ledger he said this was the big crisis and zelda confessed her love to edward and said that he want she wanted a divorce (gasps) i know oh no she said i'm in love with him and i want a divorce and what happened next is kind of up in the air. There's like a couple different stories. Scott told his relatives that he tried to fight Edward, but Edward refused to fight him. Some people think it went down like in The Great Gatsby, where because he also said he made Edward, he told Zelda to tell Edward to come and like claim her, basically, like mm. come over here and say, yeah. Tell it to my face. Yeah, yeah. and the kind of like the Great Gatsby, where what? How does it go? It's like tell tell Tom you never loved him, and like she mm-hmm. won't do it. I don't know. People yeah. think it might have kind of gone down like this, but apparently the confrontation never occurred. And 
Scott also claimed that he locked Zelda in her room until Edward came to claim her, but he never did. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's sad. I know. And apparently Edward didn't actually... I don't think he actually wanted Zelda to leave her husband for him. I think he saw it as more of like a casual thing. Mm. I don't think he was actually planning on yeah. marrying Oh, her. she got really swept up in it. She really got swept up in it. And I think she was really heartbroken from the whole thing. Yeah. Um, oh, so I can see why that yeah. writer thought it was like very significant. Yeah. But it is, it is crazy. Like, I don't know. I guess Zelda and Scott seemed happy. And then all of a sudden, she, maybe not all of a sudden, mm. but she just was ready to leave him for this guy and Scott actually he wrote that he always felt like Zelda was looking for a more powerful male like Edward he Mm. wrote uh, he wrote um I am half feminine that is my mind is in the last analysis she is a stronger person than I am I have creative fire but I am a weak individual she knows this and really looks upon me as a woman oh that's what he thought at least yeah well I mean there's something very like emasculating too about a man getting cheated on mm-hmm. um, so i could see kind of why he would think that and at this point i think he's been cheated on quite a bit yeah yeah <gasps> and he doesn't leave her i know it's really sad but it kind of reminds me of like joe dimaggio and marilyn monroe in a way yeah. where it's like well you knew she was like this yeah exactly you know? And I think that's a part of it though like he was attracted yeah. to like that that other people found her attractive because it's the like prize of like oh but she chose me yeah yeah but i mean i feel like women feel like that all the time like a guy who's like a bachelor or something Mm. like a bad boy yeah 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 like idea of like oh but like they'll settle down for me yeah but i think he wanted that you can't really make anybody change their ways i know Joe, Joe dimaggio was totally like that too Mm. like he knew marilyn was like this sexy lady like you know, her job was basically being sexy, but mm-hmm. he wanted her to change for him. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really expect that from No, <laughs> no. If you're listening, guys. Like, it'd be easier to find someone who's not very flirty and sexy, and then they change to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for fun. you. Yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. for you, yeah. Yeah. It'd be easier. Um... And she, like, Zelda definitely had, like, a very sexual, fiery energy, and Mm. Scott, I guess, did not really. And, like, Mm. I kind of said this earlier, but his friend, Oscar Kalman, I don't know how many freaking friends I had, but, um, wrote about him and said, about Scott and said, he was not very interested in sex, dot, 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 not a very lively male animal. Scott liked the idea of sex for its romance and daring, but was not strongly sexed and inclined to feel the act, wait, was not strongly sexed. And he was inclined to feel that actual act of sex was messy. It's very, that's so interesting though, because I feel like a lot of women would actually love that. <laughs> because the threat of him cheating on you is so small. That's because true. he sees sex as a very romantic thing. He's not looking for it from other people. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting that he's then gravitating towards a woman who's like, yeah, outwardly sexy. Yeah. So, I know. He's, like, kind of setting himself up. I know. In August, he wrote in his ledger, Zelda and I close together. So I guess they were the affair Mm. thing. He blew up in July. Um, But I guess in August, he felt like they were better. Nice. But then he wrote also about the affair, I knew something had happened that could never be repaired. 
And that's where I was going to end part one, actually. Oh. I know. Can it be repaired? I don't know. Well, I do know. But <laughs> <laughs> and it's only 1924, but I felt like so much happened in the beginning of yeah. their relationship. Yeah. Ooh, that is a cliffhanger. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I don't know how it's gonna end. I honestly don't know their like the rest of their relationship. Like, do they live old together and like die as a married couple? I I I to be honest, to be told, I do not know. I guess you'll find out. Is it tragic? Like, is it? Yeah. (laughs) It is pretty tragic, but but it's not completely dark and black and terrible but mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah it doesn't seem like it's going in a good direction to be honest no, with you i know yeah yep wow well yeah i guess we can't really tease next week yeah i think you guys know <laughs> <laughs> next week yeah we'll on patreon we'll be continuing the story um was there anything else you wanted to chat about before we sign off i don't think so was there anything like extra? Last, last episode, I was saying that I wanted Lana and John Mayer to be together, mm, but she's yeah. engaged now. Mm-hmm. And her songs in the Great Gatsby movie, so yeah, related. Did yeah, you, you didn't even wrong. know she was dating somebody? No, no one knew. Wow, is this no. her second engagement? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it works. Yeah, me too. So I was. I mean, you never know. I mean, I want her to. I want her to have a successful engagement and marriage mm-hmm. and stuff. So I hope I was wrong. Yeah. Poor John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll find someone. That will trigger somebody. Um, <laughs> he'll find someone. Yeah, he'll find I'll someone. I'll date him. <gasps> John, are you I listening? would. I honestly, like, I, I am stupid. <laughs> oh, he's changed. Yeah, I, I don't I know. Think, I think so. He's a little, he's kind of a Zelda he is he is i do think he is a hopeless romantic though john mayer yeah i think so too and like she she clearly is romantic too i mean she wrote really sweet things yeah i didn't read them all obviously but she wrote very 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 lovey things to scott she would kind of sprinkle in some questionable things too but um yeah would you say that like attention was her currency in a sense like maybe her if her whole like adolescence like getting attention from boys was something that like made her the most popular powerful girl in town yeah that's gotta be really hard as you get older and you're a married woman mm-hmm. and like and you don't have a job you're not allowed to act in these movies you want to yeah, act yeah, in you don't get the credit for your writing yeah so like what what is else your... does she have exactly you know? yeah. she's still she's getting like power from her interactions with men yeah i think she was starting to feel really restless yeah and looking for some kind of outlet yeah and like sometimes like just like guys can just be so entertaining (laughs) if i'm really bored i'm like i just want like yeah attention from a guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah (sighs) their their relationship definitely changes a lot in part two i would say Mm. (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know i feel like that went by pretty fast actually it did yeah i'm excited for the next episode thank you guys so much for listening and we'll get back together next week we'll see you then is your heart filled with pain shall i come